Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke. We're going to be discussing week two recap and week three preview for the NFL. We're also going to be looking towards the college football, and there's some stories in the MLB, not to mention a couple good ones in the NBA. Let's jump right into it. Episode 43 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Alright you guys, welcome back. Episode 43 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I do want to start it off real quick before we jump into the NFL. We had a few legends retire in the NHL this last week, starting with Zadino Chara. If you don't know the name, then you don't know hockey. He is one of the more notable big names in hockey. He holds the record for the tallest NHL player ever. And he has officially called it a career. Drafted in 1996, Chara has officially played 24 seasons in the NHL. Some notable accomplishments for Chara is in the 2010-2011 season, he won the Messier Leadership Award. In 08 and 09, he won the Norris Trophy. He also had a 50 point, one of two 50-point seasons in 08-09. And he won a Stanley Cup in 2010-2011 with the Boston Bruins Is and is only one of three European-born players joining the likes of Nicholas Lindstrom and Alexander Ovechkin as the only three European-born players to captain a team the year they win a Stanley Cup. Pretty cool feat, especially once you retire to be Zadino and to have a kind of unique record like that I feel like would be would be pretty cool. So cheers to that. While also throwing in six all-star appearances, Zadino Chara will notably be known as one of the most dominant and largest defensemen the NHL has ever seen. But he's not the only defenseman that stepped away from the league this week. We also had P.K. Subban and Keith Yandel retire as well. P.K. Subban, in his 13 years as a defenseman in the NHL, he was a three-time All-Star. He won that same Norris Trophy in 2012-13. He won the Clancy Trophy just this last season in 21-22. He was a 2014 Olympic gold medalist, not to mention he was actually the cover of EA Sports NHL in 2019. And then lastly, looking at Keith Yandel's career. While not having as many notable feats as players like P.K. Subban and Zadino Chara, he was a three-time All-Star, and he actually holds one of the most interesting records in the NHL. Just this last January, on the 25th of 2022, he had broke the record for the all-time Ironman record in the NHL, which was previously set at 964 games consecutively played. Keith Yandel currently holds it after retiring at 989 games played. You have to understand, this man didn't miss a game for 989 games in a row. That's <laughs> that's insane. I don't care who you are. That is an 
absolutely incredible statistic. So just really quick to start things off, I wanted to honor those guys. They've done a lot for the sport, especially someone like Chara. Like I mentioned, he was only one of three European-born players to captain a Stanley Cup champion team. Um, but they all three had very huge impacts on the teams that they played for. And anybody that even knows the slightest about hockey at least knows who Zadino Chara and maybe Subban are. Yandel's very good as well, but not quite on the level that Chara and Subban were. All right, moving on over to the NFL, looking at week two and a quick recap of the week. Starting with your Thursday night game, the Chiefs and the Chargers, despite Justin Herbert's valiant effort, and he actually had injured himself, had some some a rib injury that is still working on to this day. Um, he just couldn't get enough going to keep his team in it, and they ended up losing 27-24 to the Chiefs. Looking at Sunday's game, starting with the Lions and the Commanders. Lions played a fantastic first half of football. At halftime, the score was 22-0. And progressively throughout the game, they let up a little bit on offense and defense. Commanders started to make some efforts. Aiden Hutchinson, first-round draft pick for the Lions, recorded three sacks. It really was an entertaining game, especially as a Lions fan. You love to see it. Looking at the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets game, the Browns kind of blew it here. They really should not have won this game. Cleveland had played good for a good majority of the game and did what they should have done, but the defense didn't show up when it mattered, in my opinion. A lot of people are blaming Nick Chubb for not going down instead of scoring the touchdown. But at the end of the day, he did what he is dest he is designed to do on that team. And it's even funnier because on the, the, the drive after he scored, there were receivers like Garrett Wilson on the Jets that were wide open. And that was why the Jets won the game. So people will tell you one thing, but you got to watch the game, and you really know, great performance by the Jets, shameful by the Bears, Browns. Probably the most dramatic matchup of the week, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. This team has always gone at each other's necks, especially players like Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Now, Marshawn Lattimore and Tom Brady were sharing words. Mike Evans wasn't a fan, walked up, laid out Marsh Evans, Marshawn Lattimore and ended up getting himself suspended for the next game. So it's an ironic uh, rivalry. And it always seems to be eventful between the two teams. There's always something going on, especially since Tom Brady has made his way to Tampa. Next, you had the Giants and the Carolina Panthers. The Giants are 2-0. and if you asked me that before the season started, I would have said you're on crack. But here we are. Giants are 2-0. and And there are some teams that shouldn't even have lost a game yet that are 0-2, which is just miraculous. We'll get into that shortly. It doesn't seem that Baker Mayfield was the answer for the Carolina Panthers. He's performing as average as usual, 14-29, 145, and a TD. Um, it just doesn't seem like things are working out. At this point, in my opinion, it is a coaching issue because the Panthers have been consistently bad ever since Cam left. 
and they never really got better. So I definitely think that there's a coaching issue here. Looking at the Patriots and the Steelers, I think the Patriots paid a really good game here. Mac Jones kind of cleaned it up from week one. I think that the Patriots defense played a very heavy factor in this game. Um, limiting Najee Harris to only 49 yards, not letting a single receiver on the team for the Pittsburgh Steelers go over 60 yards is no small feat in any team against any team with any players. So um, that's a huge performance by the Patriots defense taking that W there. Probably the most mind-blowing score of the week. Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars. I almost I, I almost want to be sorry for you Indianapolis Colts fans, but this performance is so damn bad that I'm not. Because that has got to be the most disgusting performance I've seen from a team. Listen, I've discussed this. I said it in the beginning of the season. The Colts roster this year is better than it was last year, and yet they're a worse team. That's not how it works. And then... Not to mention a weird stat. I think it. I think it was something along the lines of like the last nine matchups between the Colts and the Jags. The Jaguars have won, and the last team to shut out the Colts was the Jaguars. Crazy. Horrible performance. I don't know what's going on. Matt Ryan, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Only have only giving Jonathan Taylor nine carries in a game is absolutely baffling to me. You're NFL's leading rusher last year, and you can't even give him 10 carries. Blows my mind. On the contrary, you have Trevor Lawrence, who was almost perfect going into halftime. He played a fantastic first half. Christian Kirk does seem to be worth the money for those Jags so far this season. Now, this here would probably be, in my opinion, the most exciting game of the week. Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens were up 21 points in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, and lost this game. Miraculous. Now, what I'm about to tell you next, which most of you may already know, but still blows my freaking mind. Tua Tango-Viola threw for 470 yards and six touchdowns. Tua. You had... Both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell had over 170 yards and two touchdowns. For those that care, both of them recorded 40-plus fantasy points. Unbelievable. Also the reason I lost this week. And I'm not even going to sit here and act like it was anybody's fault because Lamar and the Ravens played very well. Their defense clearly isn't didn't show up, but Lamar Jackson... What a game from him as well. 318 passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 119 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And he actually broke Michael Vick's record for most games with uh, over 100 yards rushing and something else. I can't remember the exact stat, but it, it, it he, he is now arguably the greatest mobile quarterback to ever play the game already. Most probably wouldn't admit it, but you look at his rushing capabilities and his statistics, nine carries, 119 yards. You want to tell me what the average is for that? It's 13. 13. Go ahead and look up how many great running backs averaged 13 yards a carry. Not many, if any. So I understand he's not a running back, but still, running those statistics is very impressive, especially at quarterback and 
I say he makes a great argument to be the best mobile ever. The Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. This game was a little scary. Falcons scored 17 in the fourth. Rams only scored three. So it was quite a game. And in all actuality, the game could have ended differently. But there was an interception at the goal line by Jalen Ramsey. If he doesn't get that interception, Atlanta scores, they win the game straight up. So the Rams got lucky on this one. They almost started their season 0-2. The 49ers and the Seahawks. We definitely saw a different team for the San Francisco 49ers than we did last week against the Bears. Uh, we also saw an unfortunate occurrence. You had Trey Lance who had a injury. Who It's going to be season-ending. He's done for the season. He needs surgery. Um, so, he, he, you know, it's unfortunate. He was named the starter at the beginning of the season, and now he's done. So, um as unfortunate as it is, I do think that it's the best thing for the 49ers that Jimmy G is the starter. I think he just gives them a better chance. I think he, his experience in the game give them it gives him a better competition level for the 49ers and helps them out a little bit. The Cowboys and the Bengals. The Bengals look rough, man. They are on that Super Bowl hangover. They can't get over it. They can't get over the hump. They can't clean it up. Uh, Joe Burrow, 199, one touchdown, no picks. It's just not like him. We're just not really seeing much of a performance. I think play calling is a, is a portion of it. I don't know that they're getting unique enough. You know, the fact that Cooper Rush out of Central Michigan University is beating you, and you made it to the Super Bowl last year, it's kind of embarrassing in my opinion. But it is what it is. Um, I don't know what to think about these Bengals. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of questions to ask, but do I really want to ask them? The Texans and the Broncos. I guess it seems that the Texans weren't quite as good as we thought. Um, they tied the Colts last week, and I think that that raised our expectations a lot of them. But then it came to find out that it's just because the Colts sucked. Um, and that's the way it is there. Um, Russell Wilson. He doesn't seem like his usual self. And... I mean that in the concept that he's just not making those massive plays that the top QBs in the game do. And I don't know if it's just, and again, I, I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's it's some sort of chemistry issue with the players. I, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem like things are going as expected. They're still going okay, um, but I don't know if it's going as expected. You had the Cardinals and the Raiders. Cardinals beat the Raiders by six. Devontae Adams had a very quiet match. And it's kind of unfortunate because there was a, I, I had overheard that um, Devontae Adams' grandmother, it was her first time ever seeing Devontae Adams play in person. Um, he did score a touchdown for her, but he only had two catches. And he was only he was targeted seven times, only had the two catches for 12 yards. So it was a pretty quiet performance from him. And... I think that that's a, that's a big reason as to why the Raiders didn't succeed is Devontae Adams had such a quiet contribution to the to the team. I do think that there are still some flags in the air about the Cardinals. They do still look pretty inconsistent, um, and it's it's kind of hard to tell exactly how things are going to go um, with the team in the future.
Your Sunday night matchup, Packers and Bears. I told you guys, do not hit the panic button on Green Bay yet. Um, I'm not saying the Bears are a great team, but Green Bay did pretty good. You know, they could have done better, but I think that the rushing attack had a big, big factor in it. Uh, between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they rushed for over 190 yards. Um, and they did really get it done on that side of the field. Uh, Sammy Watkins really stepped up in the receiving side of things with all of the, the young receivers that weren't really succeeding. He really stepped up to the plate and showed that he 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 can help these guys get to where they need to be. And then we had two games on a Monday night. Uh, first game at 7-15 being between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Um, I don't know what is going on with the Titans, man. They look bad. Real bad. And they got blown out here. 41-7? to Come on. I know the Bills are good, but that's ridiculous. I don't even think the Jets would lose that bad. Well, I guess maybe they would. Tell you who would is the Colts. Huge performance from both Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had three of the four touchdowns Josh Allen threw, 148 yards as well. And their defense obviously really showed up. And then lastly, your last Sunday uh, Monday night game, Eagles and the Vikings. Eagles won by a pretty good margin as well. Um, their defense, I think, was a very large portion of things. And I know that it's even a running joke now that Kirk Cousins' favorite target to throw to is Darius Slay, the corner for the Eagles. I tried to tell you all before the season started, nobody wanted to listen to me, that Jalen Hurts was going to be good. Now everybody's giving him praise and attention. Um, I told y'all, that's all I'm going to say, told y'all, and that the Eagles were going to be a pretty good team and probably win the NFC East. Well, guess what? They're going to. So, all I can say is I told you so. So, real quick, let's look at the Week 3 matchups. I'm, I'm not going to run through every game. I'm just going to pick the few games that I think are going to be really interesting. First things first, Steelers and Browns. The Browns won the game 29-17. Um, Steelers may or may not be in trouble. Their offense does not seem to be clicking in. They just can't really figure it out. Trubisky, I don't know if it's working. Didn't even throw a passing touchdown. He ran for one, but um, no touchdowns passing is is gonna end up to problem. Gonna lead to issues in the future. And on the contrary, Nick Chubb is his usual self. 113 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper over 100 yards again. Back to back weeks. Um, Overall, I do think that the, the Browns are going to do okay without Deshaun Watson, and I think that the Steelers need to try and figure something out very soon. And it may or may not be Kenny Pickett's time to shine within the next few weeks. So first things first, you got two 2-0 teams, Bills and Dolphins. It's going to be a good matchup just for the fact that they're 2-0, especially from the performance we saw last week out of Tua. Next up, you got the Lions and the Vikings fighting for the first place position in the NFC North. I think that'll be a fantastic game. You've got the Ravens and the Patriots. I think this will come down to which team is playing better defense. I do think the Ravens will win this game, but I do think that the Patriots defense will not make it too easy. Eagles and Commanders, NFC East interdimensional, interdivisional matchup I would say these are the two best teams in that division so I think this will be a decent matchup 
Packers and Buccaneers, two of some of the best defenses in the league right now. I'm excited to see this game, both explosive offenses um, and even more so on defense. And then your Monday night game, the other two teams in the NFC East, the Giants and the Cowboys, I think that... The Giants will win. I do think that they're going to continue their streak here. And, I mean, I don't really know how to explain it. You look at the team, it doesn't really make sense. But they're doing it. So, you know what? I'm going to root for them. I don't know. Plus, I just don't like Dallas. And it's not Dallas's fault. It's the fans' fault. Dallas fans are the single most obnoxious fans in all of football. Because they are so in your face about everything. You know, they just shove it in. Oh, it's our year, it's our year, it's our year, it's our year. No, it is not. It hasn't been in a very long time. But that about wraps it up for the NFL. There's really not too much else going on. In my opinion, those are your biggest games to look forward to. Not a whole lot has changed in college football. As we're kind of aware, it's been mostly... uh, how do I say this? Kind of lightweight matchups for a good portion of teams in the beginning of the season. You had a couple ranked matchups, but nothing really special. You had Oregon and BYU, which Oregon won by a pretty good amount, which I think we're we're happy to see. They they dropped down pretty far after getting blown out by Georgia. Um, but I would say there there really wasn't too many fantastic matchups. Texas A&M made Miami look pretty stupid. I will say that that one disappointed me as I am kind of a Canes fan. Uh, but overall, there really really wasn't any special matchups from last week. But this week coming up, we've got some a, little, a couple more to look forward to. Um, starting with Clemson and Wake Forest, those are both ranked teams, both 3-0 and undefeated so far. Should be good games. Um, to see how that goes there. And then you you move on and look at Tennessee and Florida. I think that'll be a fantastic game as well. I think both teams offer similar competition and that we will really find out how the one affects the other and where they go from there. And then moving on and looking at Arkansas and Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M has been playing pretty well lately, and they just defeated the number 13 team in the country. Now they're playing the number 10. So um, I do think they'll put up a good fight in this game, and I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, The one thing about college football is you never know. That's about it for college football, though, you guys. I would say those are the biggest games that really draw my attention for now. Obviously, as those of you know, as the season goes on, there will be better and better matchups to go to look upon. Real quick, I just want to let y'all know, keep an eye on Aaron Judge for the Triple Crown. He currently leads the league in batting average, homes, runs, and RBIs. He is having a historic season. Just a few days ago, he actually led the league in 10 categories. 10. Home runs, RBIs, average, runs, base on balls, total bases, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, on-base plus slugging, and wins above replacement. 
10 categories. That's, <laughs> I don't think you understand how hard it is to do that. Not to mention just to be a professional athlete, he is leading 10 categories as a professional athlete in his sport. That's unheard of. So keep your eyes on Aaron Judge. He's having a historical season. All right, you guys, you know what time it is. You know what's coming. It is time for this week's Fast Break. Let's get it. Starting things off, your Las Vegas Aces are your 2022 WNBA champions through five games. Congratulations to A.J. Wilson and the squad. Anthony Edwards has been fined $40,000 for his use of offensive and derogatory language on social media. If you've not seen the video, it's up to you if you want to go see it, but he does make homosexual slurs. The Suns owner we discussed last week, Robert Sarver, who is also the owner of the Phoenix Mercury, announces he is starting the process to sell both franchises. People like Jeff Bezos and other business partners are interested in purchasing the teams. The Buffalo Bills announced that Dane Jackson was released from the hospital after undergoing various tests which determined there was no major injury to his neck or spinal cord. For those that didn't see the game the other day on Monday night on, against the Titans, Dane Jackson, number 30, had a very scary injury related to his neck, and um, it really was very scary for what could have happened. The Colorado Avalanche have signed Nathan McKinnon to an eight-year extension with the team. It is very clear that they see a lot of talent in the kid and have a bright future with him. Despite their unique talents in outfielder Mike Trout and pitcher Shohei Otani, the Los Angeles Angels will miss the playoffs for the eighth straight season. Justin Verlander, despite his age, is chasing history and having a season for the ages. He currently has a single-season ERA of 178, and he is climbing the ranks as he is only behind someone named Pedro Martinez, and in 2000, who had a 174. Boston Celtics head coach has been suspended for the 2022-23 season due to violations over team policies. According to sources, he was having relations with a staff member which and was breaking company policy rules. That about wraps it up for this week's Fast Break, you guys, and this week's episode being number 43 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys sticking around. I appreciate you guys being here for me and... Um, I've been really quite busy lately, and I'm only going to be getting busier sh soon, so I do apologize if it feels like the content is somewhat lacking. Um, I'm trying my best to put as much time into it as I can, but as much as I'd love to give you guys time, I do have to prioritize things like my job and other things as well. So um, just stick with me here. I promise I'll be doing everything I can to make things interesting, and I will see you guys next week for episode 44 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Peace out. <laughs> Took my baby to the highest highs.